Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Wait, so you really want to make a podcast? Do, 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 do. Yeah, what if we just sang our um, music? Maybe we should get some real music, Samantha. The podcast king. Oh, you're still recording. Three, two. Survival Jobs is a podcast spotlighting artists, their side hustles, and their passions. Hosted by Samantha Tinsolo and Jason A. Coombs. Boom. Sweet. Okay. Love it. Hey. Hi. Happy episode seven. Lucky number seven. This is oh, such a good one to be number seven. It is, right? I, I don't know. I'm so... Every time we talk, I'm like, this is number whatever. Like, I'm counting yeah. each one like a weirdo. But I, I don't know. The numbers, they speak to me, I guess. They do speak to you. Do you like the number seven? I don't know. I guess. You know, I think of seven when I play the slots <laughs> at the casinos and you get three sevens oh in a gosh. row and then you ding, 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 and you like win. So sure. I like it in that aspect. But other than that, it's not like my favorite number. Is it yours? <laughs> no, I like even numbers. Oh, yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Keep it, keep it like organized and even. Can, yeah. Jason, I want to tell yeah. you the podcast has a number one fan. Her name is Dawn Tutslow. Oh, <gasps> She's yes. listening to every episode, and I do want to tell you this note she gave me, and I'm upset, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> she said, oh, my God, Samantha, Jason is so funny. Um, He's the best Aww. part of the podcast, and you no. talk over everyone. That's what she said to me. So <laughs> just let me myself on mute till the end of time. So I stopped talking. Stop. Oh, listen, this is the feedback I get from the number one fan, Dawn Tetzelow. And now, yeah, by the way, it. we'll actually know if she listens to the entire thing because she'll definitely comment that she was um, a topic. Well, shout out to Dawn for listening and supporting. Well, she's obsessed with you. So definitely shout her out. <laughs> she thinks you're so funny. I appreciate that. No, it's so kind. I feel like we've been getting a lot of good feedback. A lot of people have been saying that we have good chemistry and that hey. we're filling a void. Like a lot of art, my artist friends are saying, you know, like people talk about the good stuff about being an artist, right? They talk about like, yeah. you know, how awesome it is and how they get to work on these awesome projects. They don't talk about the struggle as much. Yeah. It's always like a very brief thing, but you no, know, we're talking about the struggle. Especially when, you know, artists feel <laughs> so hard, the struggle. Every yeah, day. I had, um, I had a, a, an old friend reach out that I worked with who also is a big fan, is listening to everyone. Hi, Emma. Shout out to Emma. Um, but we worked a survival job together. Uh, hey, Emma. Hey, Emma. She's also fierce. She should come on. She's fierce. She's like really doing the thing. Um, but we worked a survival job together. My first job in New York City at the Plaza Food Hall uh, in 2011 Ooh. at Todd English's restaurant. I was a host. I think I worked there for only two months because... It was so corporate and like formal and I got in trouble for calling customers guys. I'll never forget. I said, okay, mm -hmm. guys, like your table will just be ready in a few minutes. And this man yelled at me and told me, we are not guys. We are ladies and gentlemen. This is the plaza. And I believe I got a write up from the manager. And at that moment I said, I cannot do this. I was making, I think $12 yeah. an hour. No. Um, so there's the shout out to the plaza food hall survival job. Thank you, boo. Emma. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Big boo. Boo is right. I worked there for only two months. I think I think from September to November, if I can remember correctly. Not yeah. my not my best. Jason, have you watched anything fun or read anything? What's going on? Tell me something. 
Uh, oh, actually, I I mean, it's not new. I've been watching Community. You know that show? Um, I do not. Oh. <laughs> Everything you tell me, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's a show that was on. I don't even know when it was on. To be honest. Like, time has no concept in my brain anymore. So I, I don't know, know when it was on. I'm guessing it was in, like, the 2010s, like, early. Um, but Community, it was on NBC. Um, it stars Joel McHale and, you know, um, Yvette Nicole Brown, Allison Breeze on it, Donald Glover, Chevy Chase. You know, it's about them being in a community college and, like, they're all, like, in the Spanish class together. And they're trying to, like, pass Spanish. So they form, like, a study group. And then, like, That's hilarious fun. things happen. Yeah, it's so good. It's like, I mean... I love, you know, The Office and it's not like The Office, but it's kind of like, I think it's one of the writers of The Office worked on that, but it's kind of like that kind of, you know, single cam kind of dry humor. Uh, it's great though. You love the single cam dry humor and I, I love do. the drama. We're a perfect team. <laughs> single cam, dry humor and drama. I do love the drama too, but I can't rewatch drama. Like I can only watch drama once. Like I can never like, yeah, I don't think I can like watch Scandal again. Especially like it's knowing stressful. how hard it is. It is it's stressful. It's so stressful. And I don't know why I do it to myself. Stressful. I get stressed. I, I just watched Handmaid's Tale. First three episodes. Stressful. <sighs> binged all three. Didn't want to binge all three. Wanted to do like one at a time because it's a fucking lot to digest. You can't just watch one of those though. No, I love I love the drama too. But I can only watch the drama like once. Like I love, I love comic. I know I could watch, I watch The Office like every day. That's why I never even talk about it. Cause it's like another thing I do is just like, oh yeah, I watch The Office. But um, this is always same. On. Yeah. Well, not same. I don't, but like same with yeah. like scandals. Scandal, Psycho. yeah. Psycho scandal. I love scandal when it was on. I loved How to Get with Murder. Um, I love Shonda Rhimes. She's like oh. a beast. I feel like I never talked about her yet on the podcast, but I just love her so much. Um, she she's is like a beast. one of my idols. She is a beast. She is. And she's yeah. so like, she's just so intelligent and she's so talented. And she's such a genuine, like, oh, no, I never met her, obviously. But she comes across so, like, genuine, like, when, in her interviews. No, she does. And yeah, like, in her no. book, Year of Yes. And, like, you know, I met so many celebrities that don't, aren't what they appear to be. So I'm just yeah. like, whatever. But she just comes across that way. And, and yeah, I would love, love, love to work with her in just some capacity like, one day. Just, like, jump around in Shondaland. Yes. Let's just yes, jump I, around. Jump around. Hey. I just want to like talk to her and just like pick her brain. It's like it'll be so like we could get her on the podcast. Like <laughs> just put Send it, out it to there. the universe. We can do a double like episode with her and Viola together. <sighs> like do Shonda yeah. first, then Viola, and then do a combined when we like, get Carrie Washington. Oh, I will drop <laughs> Trifecta. Dead. I will drop dead. I'll need to like have a glass of wine and a Xanax in order to like not have a panic attack. I'm just kidding, guys. I don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) I feel you though. I feel you. Like, yeah, I love Carrie Wash. I mean, I love Scandal. I love Viola. It's just incredible. And obviously Shonda. Uh, I love all her shows. I gotta watch. You watch? I always want to call it Brigadoon. <laughs> Every time, I swear to God, I'm not even trying to be funny. Every time I want to say it, like Brigadoon wants to come out, I have to stop myself. Bridgerton. Bridgerton. I Have haven't. I started I to watch it, and I don't know. I just didn't. I I haven't tried. I haven't watched it. Not because I I was not interested. Just because I haven't sat and like tried to do it. Um, but that's actually mm. a good idea. <laughs> Makes a good idea. Maybe we'll watch it. Maybe we'll watch it together. But I love Sonda Rhimes. And I know she didn't write it. I know she's just a producer, but I like know her quality of stuff is so good. So I'm trying to like watch it, especially because you know, we love that guy. He's so hot. And I heard it's good. Like overall, He's it's really good. So hot. But um, I just can't like I like that Jump that in. kind of that, that what is that? What's that time period called? Why I have COVID yeah. brain, you guys. I can't think I, of anything. I <laughs> have COVID brain too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to say medieval, but I know it's not it's medieval. It's not like uh, Renaissance. It's not Is it Renaissance? Renaissance, yeah. yeah. Like the Renaissance. Yeah. Thing, like, yeah. The queen. The, the queen. So I just can't with those things. You, you know, mean? I thought that I thought that about myself with like Game of Thrones. Everyone's like, you have to watch, you have to oh. watch. And I was like, no, I can't. I, mean, I don't think I'm going to like it. And I still can't stop thinking about it. And I binged it in January, February. And I will rewatch the whole You just watched it? Oh, yeah, for the first time ever. Oh, I watched the first three seasons. It's another show. So, like, I love the drama, but, like, I can't, like, the anxiety for some stuff just gets to me too much. And if I'm in, like, a, but if I'm, like, a negative kind of space or, like, things aren't going right in my life, I can't do it. Like, same thing, Handmaid's Tale, like, last year, 
Wait, it came out like in the springtime, right? The third season. I was so like, oh, third season's coming. I'm going to mm-hmm. watch this. After I watched that first episode, I felt so sick. I'm like, we're, <laughs> it's, not good. it's not good for me. Yeah, you shouldn't <laughs> watch Game of Thrones. It's a lot of anxiety. But let me tell you something. I am so obsessed still. I can't wait to rewatch because that's my MO. And so I love the Queen of the North. And <laughs> I will always bend a knee. But yeah. speaking of Game of Thrones, just to like connect it all. Yeah. My dear friend Mike is coming on today. And is he, he a big Game of Thrones fan? is a big Game of Thrones fan oh. also. So when I was binging it, I was texting him like, Mike, help. And he knew yeah. every single moment, every single scene, every moment I like screamed about to him, he knew exactly. And I feel like if anybody was going to binge and do that, I would now do the same. So Jason, please, if you f- can deal with the anxiety, text yeah. me for every moment. I'll know it all. I'll, I'll, I, it's on my list of stuff I need to finish. I'm like getting silly today. Well, it's Friday, so. <laughs> Friday, um, Friday, getting down <laughs> Friday. <laughs> Let's get her on the show. You think Did she's ever had a survival job? Mike? Who? Carly Rae Jumpson? Is that Carly Rae Jumpson or I have Rebecca no, Black? <laughs> I have no idea. I couldn't tell you one lick of the truth to that answer <laughs> to that question. Well, Jason, whoever, let's I, talk about Mike. Sorry, my, yeah. this is why my mom hates listening to me because I cut people off. I talk <laughs> no, over everyone. Okay. This is what she's talking about, people. Yeah, so let's talk about Mike, shall we? Yeah, I'm so excited. Mike's one of my really good friends. And so I'm so excited that he's coming on because he's an amazing artist also. Um, But he's a director, a writer, a producer, and an actor whose work has appeared on screen on screens and stages across the country. Uh, he's, yes. the, he's the creator, writer, director, and performs in the new series, The Influencers, a scripted mockumentary which follows six social media stars vying for a dream brand deal, now streaming on Prime Video. By the way, people, check it out. It's incredible. I'm so proud of him. Yes. Like, I'm so proud of him as a friend and person (laughs) just for like doing the thing and making it happen um sure yeah so mike's originally for from the california area who made his way to the east coast and earned a bfa Mm -hmm. with an emphasis in directing from the boston conservatory mike can be seen in the film i dream too much on TV lands younger and in lifetimes, I love you, but I lied. On stage, Mike has appeared in the national tour of the Tony Award winning play War Horse, as well as Mama Mia. By the way, I saw him in Mama Mia, excellent performance. And Diane Paulus's The Donkey Show at ART. Which, Mama Mia. Sorry, just to tie it all together, Mary McGowan, guest number three, worked with mm. ART and Diane Paulus. And look at all, all of our guests yes, connecting to each go. other. Here we go. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Yes. Uh, He's also known for playing the smooth talking Rupert in Boyfriends, a new digital comedy based on the popular and acclaimed web series, My Gay Roommate, which he also produced. Wow. That's pretty cool. Uh, Mike is the proud. Yeah, he is. Clearly. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Mike is the proud co-founder of Wellburst Entertainment a full-service production house overseeing everything from the initial concept and development through production and post-production. He is goals, y'all. Goals. He is goals. Let's bring he his ass goals. out. Let's bring him out. I love this boy. Bring him out. Bring him out. Hey, everybody house in the house, bring him out. That is not the same song. I'm thinking Whatever, everybody mashup. in the club in the box to the left. <laughs> But that was wow. <laughs> that was like four songs in one. <laughs> okay. I swear I'm totally okay, glee. normal today. <laughs> Guys, it's because I think the vaccine is like exiting. I'm almost to my three week mark of no clots. So I think this is what's happening. I'm just coming back to myself. So it's not yeah. exiting, but I'm coming back. Maybe you're like a you're like a human glee right now, <laughs> mixing Thank all those songs you. together. All right, let's well, go get Mike Heslin, the one and only. Bite him into the Zoom. The one and only. Hi, Mike. How's it going? Thank you for coming to the podcast. Great. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this and proud of you guys. I, I wish we were we. I was at a point where I no longer am in a survival job. So it's fun to like talk about it. And then I get shivers thinking about going back. Yeah. Well, especially Jason, we're just getting <laughs> to know each other. But Sam and I, yeah, we have many a story to tell about survival jobs and 
um, you know, maybe not behaving the best, but having a blast along the way. <laughs> uh, how you been, though, over the past year? We've been kind of asking our last couple guests this, just like a check-in, because it's been such a crazy and interesting and difficult year. I mean, it's, it's different to so many people. So how has it been for you? Um, you know, a total blast. I have to be honest, like could not be better. Best 12 months of my life. <laughs> um, no, wait, so, that well, was good acting. Cause it for a minute, I was like, wait, I'm confused. You're like, he is a fucking liar. I was like, um, wow. No, no, must no. Must be nice. <laughs> no. Um, okay. So I'm going to preface this with like, it will be depressing, but then I'll make it funny at the end. But no, I mean, it was rough. You know, I think it was rough for everyone. Like it was rough at the start because my, uh, I had to give up my New York apartment because of COVID with um, my missing from Ben. So that, you know, I found myself living at home in Arizona, which I never thought I'd do again. Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> it, it was complicated because my, my boyfriend who I've been with for years is Canadian. So we split our time between New York and Toronto. Like that's been our lives for three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and because of the pandemic, we got separated for a while. So it was like very tough, but got through that. And then, yeah, at the end of, uh, in September, Nick, my partner was uh, diagnosed with cancer. Um, so that was a shock because he's our age. Um, but you know, I, I'm not going to go through all of that, but point being like it, 2020, like, you know, most people are like, Oh, 2020 was hard. I'm like, let me tell you about hard. Um, it was tumultuous, but he's, he's doing much better. He's in a much better place. And, you know, I, I guess the glass half full version is like, I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I'm like, if we could like overcome 2020, you know, especially for me last, the, the last few months of 2020 with mm-hmm. his health stuff, I'm like, geez, we could, I can get through fucking anything now. Like, Literally. I feel like this new empowerment that definitely didn't have last year. Or I, and I, I, I am noticing like, it's easier to shrug off the small stuff or even big stuff. It's like things that will stress me out or work stuff or whatever things that usually would have like kind of riled me up. I'm like, whatever I've been through worse. Like it's going to be fine. I'm sending you and him like lots of positive vibes and lots of good thoughts. And I hope, you know, everything gets better. Yeah. As cliche as that sounds. No, no. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I I don't want to start this off being a downer. I I will, like I said, the glass half full version is like, you know, I'm like, we feel pretty, he's on a better path now. And I'm like, fuck, we can get through anything. So Mike, I know you for years. And so I know, you know, your journey to get to your beautiful artistic life that you have now and that you continue to work at and be so fierce at. So what, was one of your best survival jobs that you've had on that path? I really have done it all. Like it wasn't until like four years ago where I found like some quote unquote, like security or, you know, I feel like I'm Mm. in like a new chapter, but, but most of my twenties was like, you know, a lot of catering. And honestly, I'd say my best survival job was I used to cater for this guy named Jay. He's like this, like, bro, he's straight, like ex football player. He's such a character, thick Long Island accent. I catered for him and it was the best. It was like the best group of guys. It, it wasn't like one of those giant companies. It was just like the same eight of us every time. And because of it, and we we, we did such cool events because of it, I ended up being like Donna Karen's like little private bartender for like half a year. And that was, let me tell you, that was cool. So she owns, she has like this studio, um, not like an apartment studio. Like she has like her studio downtown in the village. She would like host these dinners where she just like invite all her fancy rich friends over at night. And like, we just like keep the wine flowing and they'd sit there buzz and just like talk about how they can like make humanity better and change the world. And I would just like sit there sneaking drinks, obviously. And being like, this is so fucking cool. Like my, like I can only aspire to be like successful enough and have the financial resources to like be parts of these conversations where you're like, yeah, what should I do with my money? Like, how can I make the world better? It was so fucking cool. So that was a good one. Now, was this bartending gig before or after you were bartending for a (laughs) 40th birthday? Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I think it was... Correct me if I'm wrong, Sam. It was like a little bit after we graduated college or something. Sam and I are like super young and super broke, obviously. And (laughs) Sam got some hookup from like this like rich lady in Connecticut, basically being like, hey, like get a friend and like I'll hire you to bartend this huge party I'm having. Yeah, I literally was hosting at a restaurant and this woman just came in randomly and she was talking to me and she said, do you know how to bartend? And I said, yes, did not. Oh, well, I'm having this party. I need two bartenders. <laughs> Here's my number. 
like I'll pay you $200 each for the night, get a friend and come bartend. <laughs> yeah. So Sam calls me up. Obviously I'm like, yeah, I can't wait. Like we're going to have so much fun together. Cash can't wait. And uh, you know, that's like back in the day when like at that time, I mean, $200 is still a ton of money, but I was like, that's like hitting yeah. a fucking lottery. You yeah. Know? Either of us knows how to bartend as Sam kind of brought up. It's even questionable if we were even 21 at that point. And Sam and I like look up a couple of recipes on our iPhones just to like, <laughs> keep under the table in case. And we've never bartended. And we were just pouring cups full of like whiskey and vodka. Like yeah. someone would be like, can I get a rum and Coke? And we would pour like rum, splash of Coke. Like for <laughs> Everyone everything. was wasted. So, so two hours in, everybody is. They loved you guys. Crash. They loved us. And we got a lot of tips. But remember, she came up to us at the end of the night or someone did. It was like, you have a heavy pour. And we, <laughs> I didn't even know what that meant. I was like, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> So, so what was your worst then? What was your worst survival job? So a couple of my college friends and I stumbled into uh, working for, it was like a kind of a wine vodka startup. Okay. It was like, this lady was like, I came up with this new drink and it's half wine and half vodka literally mixed together, like in a, in a bottle that okay. costs like 20 It does sound like my dream though, <laughs> but it's not. So it was this drink called Maven and it was a, yeah so we basically got like paid to go out and like i'd bring sam and could bring friends and we'd have like a booth at a club and then we'd walk around the club and like have you heard of maven which no one had heard of it obviously but we basically would just give away free drinks and try and get people drinking it and talking about it and posting about it but the problem was like every single drink was different like the, there was oh, no. problems with like the formula <laughs> and the batches i had to drive to like a warehouse and throw out half of them once with oh, our no. friend josh um on paper it sounded great initially and it was because the money was good i basically was getting paid to like call my friends and go party every yeah. weekend yeah so it started off good but it was a double-edged sword because <laughs> sometimes it was great we'd get like trash off of two of these things and like have a great time and then half the time it was like we'd get trash but like the bad trash like the next morning like worst hangover oh, ever no. because of the mix of like the vodka and the sugar and the wine it was just like Ugh. it was it was treacherous even because i was much younger than and even back then i was like <laughs> my body can't handle this. <laughs> the bad no. trash <laughs> yeah yeah you know there's many many different kinds so yikes yeah you worked <laughs> all of these crazy survival jobs and i'm sure there's many many more but now you are this great producer creator making your own work the influencers where did you get the inspiration to do that what was that whole process like by the way if you haven't checked out the influencers please go to amazon prime and watch immediately Thanks so for all of the listeners <laughs> and, and i always say so about the show because I, it's been interesting like especially once we release the trailer i feel like some people see the title the influencers and get so triggered because they're like i hate influencers i hate influencers like this is going to be a garbage show and it's like no 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 but like that's the sh then you're going to love the show so i always yeah. say whether <laughs> you like love social media and like you're like in on who the latest youtubers are or whatever or you despise it like you'll like the show because it's a it's a satire kind of just poking fun at this crazy social media world we live in um but that being said I well, so I got the idea for that working you know uh as a social media director for a few people but i guess uh kind of to take a step back you know I, it, I feel like I keep bringing up like cliche after cliche but it. you know I think like <laughs> no. I graduated and you know struggled in New York had some amazing years I was on tour for two years and I was broke for two years you know just like the usual artist journey and at, at, you know towards um, my like mid late 20s I started to really take to heart you know like no one's gonna work harder for you than you and like make your own work and I thought, I thought that was a good idea but so I just ran with it and um that was kind of like a pivotal like life-changing career moment or creative moment for me because ever since kind of that epiphany that's how I operate now like I don't you know I think I it's fine to just wait for your, the auditions that's totally fine but that I'm a bit insatiable and that's just will never be enough for me so I'm like okay, well, what's next? What can I make? How can I put my friends in it? How can I make work for us? Yes. Just, like, it's like about the doing, you know? And I, it's funny because I always was like, oh, I'm an actor. And I've been acting since I was five. 
And now I realize I'm just a, I want to kill myself for saying this. I heard it start to come out of my mouth. (laughs) I do mean it, but now I'm like, oh, I'm just a creator. Like I realized like, I just like creating and doing like, I like making shit, whether I'm on camera or I love directing, writing is painful, but I'm doing it. You know, it's just, I just like to make shit. And, um, So I kind of just had this like aha moment, which it's not that much of an aha moment because I feel like people (laughs) have been telling me that for years, like make your own shit. But uh, I really kind of took that to heart and was like, okay, let's go. And it's opened so many doors that which, you know, of course, is encouraging. I'm like, yeah, keep going. Keep making more shit because like look at what you can do. Uh, yeah waiting and being depressed that like you didn't book the one audition you had yeah you know it's always the scary thought well I can't like my ideas aren't smart enough or nobody's gonna care about what I want to create but then when you do it you're like oh this podcast for example like I was scared shitless when we were releasing and I'm like nobody's gonna listen who cares I talk over everybody according to my mother like (laughs) (laughs) you know but, you know, then once you do it, it's like so fun and such a high. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think the most important thing in life, period, but, uh, you know, especially as like a, any sort of artist is like finding your tribe, you know, like yes. you got to find people <laughs> who like are who inspire you or frankly, who are like better than you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I think that's super important. And uh, I don't know, that's something I really like kind of take to heart the past few years or, or I, I i see it as like incredibly important whereas i don't think i understood that 10 years ago you know no it's so important i love everything you're oh, i'm sorry sam no go cut you please off. my mom will be so happy to <laughs> that i i didn't speak go <laughs> stop yeah i love what you were saying about finding your tribe and like not waiting around for other people and about just like I don't know how fun it is to like build a community, right. To like make stuff and like invite your friends to be a part of it. It's, it's such a rewarding experience. And I, I know it could be definitely overwhelming. So I remember like when I made my first, when I made my first web series, my the first episode of my web series, I was like, Holy shit. Like, what did I do? Am I wasting everyone's time? Is no one going to like this? No one's going to yeah. watch it. So what, <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's, it's like a stepping stone to the next thing, but you have to, you have to make the first step. Yeah. I mean, like I'm really inspired by well, I'm inspired by so many people, but uh, Lena Waithe. Yes. That's her name, that was, right? Am I yeah. mispronouncing? Yeah, no, she's incredible. So I, I don't know her at all, but I have friends who are kind of inner circle or mutual friends. And I've kind of just watched her for years and she has kind of brought up her friends with her, you know, and like she never has kind of yeah. forgotten. She hasn't forgot like where she comes from or the people who help get mm. her there. And she's always trying to plug them into shit. And I just love that. And the, the past like three years, especially with writing and producing influencers, uh, I have some friends mm-hmm. in that who like we met in acting class in Hollywood six years ago when like mm-hmm. we were living literally check to check. And we're now we are trying to do that and constantly putting each other in shit uh, in each yeah. other's stuff, you know. And I just think it's I, I just think you live a much fuller life if you I don't know, have a good tribe, which is like easier said than done. It's like it's hard to find. Yeah your people but i think if you're cognizant of that and that you 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 know the kind of people who you need in your life mm-hmm. and not kind of like settling or not tolerating like you know assholes or yes. people who kind of bring yeah. you down or like telling you like what you're doing is like stupid then i i don't even know my point anymore but find your tribe <laughs> <laughs> find your tribe that was the point. find your tribe once you're at that point where you have quote unquote, made it or at a point in your artistic life where you're making money and can bring others with you and you're staying humble and remembering the people. Jason and I were actually just talking about this where, you know, people in his life that he worked with artistically or was in acting class with that they then became very successful and unfollowed Jason you know like oh, some dude. like yeah, Jason through a birthday party for one and they like produce <laughs> work together and they're like at a at a level that is higher now and now they're like oh well I don't need these people anymore and that's such bullshit because then those people will be alone versus people like you who are like I am in a position to like bring my friends for the ride and my tribe Anyway, I don't have a point yeah. to that other than like, no, no, I think it, I think it's such a good point And just, you know, not passing like, <laughs> you know, massive judgments or stereotypes on people. But 
those people and that's happened to me a lot too my favorite is i won't like say like who this yeah. person is but like I we'll talk a, off the record yeah yeah but I, sh- <laughs> I shot a pilot um uh with a with a fancy person or two and they were like so nice to my face and i think i got the impression that they maybe thought i was bigger than i was at the time or it's maybe that i was mm. someone different even i don't know <laughs> they were so lovely to my face we shot they like followed me and all the things. And then like two weeks after we wrapped, they unfollowed me. And I don't care about oh being followed or whatever, but I was like that. It just was so transparent, superficial. And I felt silly because I was like, oh, I thought I had made an actual new friend. Like I was so, this was years ago. Like yeah. when I was less jaded, <laughs> but you know, I was, <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh wow. That I was totally fooled, you know, but, but I, I think again, not to pass, you know gross stereotypes but i feel like those people are often so unhappy like the the older i get Mm. the past few years i see it over and over again it's like Mm -hmm. you know and and look i'm tenacious as hell and super ambitious like too much so like nothing's ever good enough for me like i'm always like what Mm -hmm. else should i be doing that being said when all you care about is like just getting ahead and like i i just being friends with people because they can give you something yeah what can they give me yeah, at the end of the day, you're going to be lonely and miserable. And then these people, you know, can't figure out why they're so depressed and feel isolated. I'm like, well, because mm-hmm. you don't have like real people in your life, you know? Yeah, that's so true. I, I love Lena Wave too. Like I always enter these like screenwriting contests and they're like, oh, who's your biggest inspiration? I always like list her and Issa Rae. But um, so I'm glad yes. that you named her. She, well, yeah. Issa is the other one, right? Because her, yes. I'm really inspired by her. And then I'm going to, I can't remember her name, but my, she uh, created my crazy ex-girlfriend, I believe. Rachel. Uh, I might be fucking that up. Bloom, Rachel Bloom. Rachel Bloom. Yes. But her and Issa, like, that's also so inspiring to me because their their stuff started out as like a YouTube series. So it, yes. I mean, it just really, and I, I also went to um, acting class in Hollywood with this girl who like, she had a little sketch comedy thing on YouTube as well. And it got blew up and got picked up by uh, TV land for like three seasons. But those people are the most inspiring to me. And I think it kind of just echoes just fucking make make stuff just do it just put it out there because like it can actually change your life and blow up and open doors and create Mm -hmm. opportunities you know you know it's like you're building your foundation you know you're you're experimenting you're seeing you're finding your voice at the end of the day you know but you can't do that if you don't actually try i love i love hearing about your biggest inspirations that's really cool anybody else you want to name yeah i'm inspired by the people who like make their own stuff and just like put Mm -hmm. it out there and then it like blew up you know same with the girls who like made broad city um but but then also not to like take it like full left into like queerness but obviously or not obviously but i am personally incredibly inspired by like queer creators you like uh, ryan murphy greg berlanti it's like so Mm -hmm. although i guess it's kind of always been that way like you know the george kukor is of like early hollywood like maybe they were just had to be closeted at the time but i guess it's it's not like a new thing but i'm just so inspired by and motivated by seeing like these like out gay men like kind of not leading hollywood but you know like having such a stake in it yeah and it, and of course i'm obsessed and terrified of shonda um i'm super inspired <laughs> oh by my her gosh. i just got done with her master class and i was like oh, it's so good right so good but i'm like being in her writer's room would be so intimidating i would be popping xanax like the first month i worked for her but in yeah. a good way it's like i love that she knows her worth in like an empowering way not a cocky way yeah um, but i think she read her incredible. book no no i need oh to. you have to read her book okay. your I guess. need to read her book also yes yes it's she talks about her journey to like getting what you're talking about mike like how she got to that place where she's able to be so confident it's not just because she's so successful because she had all the success and she still wasn't there it was like finding what was missing inside of her yeah. and i'm like oh it's it's incredible like i i often reread like certain chapters again just for inspiration like I would love to she's in my top five people I need to meet and um Mike just to tie everything back to like a survival job um have you ever had a job that was artistic uh that was considered a survival job well I think a couple things like the first thing that came to mind was like I feel and my opinions are changing because I'm just so drained by it now. But like when I first, first started out in social media, like being a social media director, I had like seven different clients years ago, you know, a long time ago, like kind of when social media was first exploding. I really yeah. found that exciting. And the reason I got into it was because I was like, okay, 
like, and this is how I always like kind of pitch myself to potential clients. I'm like, like social media, it's changing, but for better, for worse, it's just storytelling. It's like you choose like what narrative, what story, whether you're a person, a personality or a, a, a hair product, whatever you you have complete control and you're kind of like designing, like, what is the story we're telling here? You know, like who is our audience? What do we want to get across? I'm a little exhausted by social media a couple years later, but um, sure. so, so, so there's that. Like, I feel like people frown on social media and I understand the pros and cons, uh, but I do find it somewhat artistic. It can be. Yeah. Wait, you know what I just thought of? I should have, I could have even said this for like the best survival job. So a couple of my friends and I in college, we, we like sing on this little cruise ship in Boston where we went to college, but it was like, just like a Harbor cruise. Like you, they, you know, everyone like has dinner and there's like a dance floor and it's like a three hour, like nice thing. And that was really fun. That, that's also something that was like, it was a survival job, but it was artistic. Yeah. Marissa, my friend Marissa and I would just like, we had, um, we had different methods for how to like pass through the kitchen and like steal like a bread basket. Or <laughs> That's the best. Yeah, that was another feeling the food, man. That. Oh my gosh. So I was going to ask you because you have your own production company, right? Wellverse Entertainment. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, speaking of awesome people who make their own stuff and everything we've been talking about, what kind of stories do you want to produce if your production company going forward besides? influencers right was that your first thing yeah uh influencer influencers was technically our second thing so my yeah. my friend noam and i who he's super talented a brilliant writer but he and i we've been friends for years but we kind of teamed up and we 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 kind of been producing stuff together already like unofficially yeah. like he wrote this pilot called boyfriends which um, yes. Yeah. So we, I was in that with him as an actor, but then I ended up coming on as a co-producer and helped like making it kind of happen. And then he was instrumental in helping me with influencers. Um, so influencers was the second thing, but based, based on those two, we were like, we need to like make this official. We like, you know, filled out <laughs> all the fun legal paperwork, made it yes. official. Um, but it's been really exciting and we we just were commissioned to do two other feature films and we're working on this comedy and, and those are other people's projects and then we also are working on like a, a second influencer season and Noam wrote a really really touching uh, film we're working on so it's been good but I, I would say like it, it all kind of tends to revolve around I it's not exclusively like queer LGBTQ stories but it tends to kind of that just is because we're both queer filmmaker so it's, it kind of just yeah. is naturally ingrained in everything we write or everything we're attracted to um so of honestly course. a lot of that and you know i think and i mean we could do a whole other podcast about this but I, there's so many conversations going on the past few years right about like you know seeing more diversity on our screens like should gay mm. should straight actors play gay roles there's lots of these conversations so um, and that, that, yeah, that tends to be what we're attracted to. You're producing work that you want to see, right? The representation that, that's missing out there. I read this article that was like LGBTQ representation is down from down to only 9% of people on TV are LGBTQ, which is down from last year's high of 10%. So there's still this huge void missing, you know, when you think like the high was 10% and then like we went down this year. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's interesting, you know, because it's like on one hand, you know, compared to like when we were kids, you know, like I feel like when I was a kid, there is no representation. Like None. There, there were no gay roles. Queers folk came out, but that was kind of like niche, you know. And, yeah. and, and by I, I say niche very respectfully. I fucking. Yeah. But it was niche. <laughs> and then you had like Will and Grace. Right. Which was like kind of the first big thing I can think of, but also a bit of a stereotype. I'm a humongous mm-hmm. fan, but you know what I mean? It's yeah. a very specific thing. Yeah. And definitely no like out gay actors, let alone like gay queer actors no. who are parents and like married or whatever. So it's come a long way. And like, there is representation in TV film now, but I always say, or like, I guess what Noam and I are trying to do is now to me, it feels a little bit not like racially all as well as uh, in terms of like queer representation i'm like okay so i think the next step is just like normalization because it feels a little bit to me especially with the the lgbtq factor on screen that it now we're in this point where it's like well look 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 we have a gay role we wrote a gay role and it feels kind of like studios checking a box you know so yes i'm excited about and what we are looking to do 
is because obviously within our communities, there's a thousand shades and there's five trillion stories that mm-hmm. have never been told. So I'm interested in that. Anyway, and I was going to say what I always say is like, because I love Issa Rae and she always makes this or she has a quote where she talked about how like about black representation and how like, you know, we want to see a black Seinfeld. Like, why can't we have that? Like, everything about black people is always like triggered in like oppression or like racism or police violence, which obviously are real things that are happening, but it's not the only thing that's happening in the black community. So like, that's a big thing where I want to do in my work as well is to like, why can't we have just like a queer, I don't know, a queer like cop or a queer FBI agent? Why, like, why does like their sexuality have to be the focus of every story? Right. So right. I appreciate you saying that. And that's really fucking cool. So I was trying to get at it in a very long winded way. What advice would you give to somebody who is like thinking of creating their own work, but is scared to take that leap? Honestly, just fucking do it. And you have to, but you have to, I yes. think the hardest part, like we said, is like showing up is the hardest part. Like just even like um, not in a literal sense, it's like you you have to be self a self starter though. You know, it's like you you have to just do it and be like, I, I don't know. Say you, you want to write something like you just got to be like every day I'm writing three pages, even if it's garbage and I'm just word vomiting on paper, just like do it. And then do like we talked so much about finding a tribe, try and find people who like inspire you or who want to work on it with you or who you trust to be like hey will you take a look at this and help me make it better that's kind of how my business partner Noam and I started was just like we'd send each other our drafts and he's a much Mm -hmm. better writer than I am so especially with influencers I like knew it was a good idea I felt very excited by it (laughs) like those early scripts were awful but you just got to do it you know and then Noam would help me make it like um cleaner and sharper and like you know how can we make the joke better and better and better and tighter you know but it's just again for the didn't shonda say that in her master class too someone said in a master class that your first scripts are always going to be shit like that's just the way it is you know it's like totally i think it was your first ones right okay i really uh resonated with i I believe it was her saying like you just got to get it out like you the the first draft isn't supposed to be good it's not supposed to like you just got to get it out of your body and then see what's here and then it becomes clear like what's working what's not what needs to be refined what needs to get cut you know for sure we're coming to the close we have two more questions for you mike and then our game of course but um i wanted to just get to know you a little bit more and find out what is your dream role or dream collaboration um i know you do everything like you know you written acted you've been on touring been on tv you've been with hillary duff that we talked about mm-hmm. before the interview on younger so what's your dream collaboration I, well i think on camera like as an actor i've always i i have this dream i want to be in like a movie or a comedy where i have lesbian moms and i want my moms to be lisa kudrow meryl streep and oh. i also i yes. don't know why i'm just obsessed with her i really want to do a comedy with um tiffany haddish um yes. but uh and then i think my other dream is working with ryan murphy i just feel like i said earlier i'm very inspired by him but i feel like we are into similar things. Like he has a lot of issues with yeah. the Catholic church. I grew up super Catholic, went to Catholic school 13 years. Like we just have similar dark kind of tastes. I, I don't know. Okay, Michael, this is my favorite question always because I think it's hard. If you mm-hmm. had to work your least favorite survival job for the rest of your life to have your dream artistic job for three years, but then return to that shit worst survival job until you retire, would you do it? Tough what's one. the other, what's the other option like never getting yeah. your dream basically maybe like the other option would probably be like not having your ultimate dream happen right but like still doing whatever still living you're as doing. an artist yeah but not reaching <sighs> that like point of like your top dream ever yeah yeah um that's tricky I guess I would say yes you know because I mean like for example I mean it changes every year but like my consistent dream bucket list is like i want to win an oscar like i don't care if it's for acting or writing or directing i just as sam knows like 2028 2028 isn't that's like the 100 year 100 year come on we're going we yep join us join us on this manifestation we're making yeah we'll all go i'm serious there Every we're day you have to manifest it. Twenty twenty eight. We're gonna do all gonna go. See you all there. Thank I'll you. I'll see you yes. both for my team. The, red the second the cameras are off, yeah. survival jobs will be doing a pre-show. But, <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah. But then we also have other work there. So. Wait, speaking of, they they were doing your shtick. They basically <gasps> did the that was like the whole through line of the night. The only through line they had. <laughs> 
<laughs> surviving. Yes. Right? Michael, yeah. I was pe- I was pissed. I still am. Somebody listened to the podcast. By the way, <laughs> 600 people have downloaded the podcast. I just want to say that. Thank you. Thank you to all Somebody who listened to the podcast and said, wow, this is a great idea. And then because then they also played a game at the end. After oh, right, they talked right, right, about right. everyone's survival job, they played a game. It is our exact format. It made me upset to the academy but we still want to come in 2028 it's all good but i don't yeah you're like it made me upset but I, i'd also like to thank the academy still um <laughs> no, but yeah. it, it just means I it's a good like idea you guys yes. have a great idea um but to, so to answer your question i think i would you be so i i want to win an oscar i want to go to the oscars so bad um and i just want to be able to like give an acceptance speech and like thank my parents and nick for like getting me through all, you, you know just being supportive through all my craziness and being broke that. for so long so yes if i could have three years of like heaven and like have the dream project get an award like i think i could be happy yeah yeah i mean i would still i i i, I will play your game and go back to the office survival job i'd still have to be creative in some sense but yeah, yeah. I, think I, I think i'd be satisfied yeah think, you would just have to yeah. like go to maven on the weekends but during the oh, week God. oh god oh no you know but you have an oscar so it's fine he's like wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> Oh, you yeah. could tell the people you're giving the Maven to about the Oscar, and it's all. Good. <laughs> I'm handing out Maven as I hold an Oscar. <laughs> you're under your arm. <laughs> you know who I am. <laughs> you're like, okay, Grandpa. I'm like in the retirement home with my Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still oh, laughing, and you're like, you're pissed they stole off your format, but you still like to thank the Academy. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. 2028. Okay. We're gonna be there, all of us. Cue the music. Well, Cue the music. We're going to play a fun game. It's called A Drink or Not a Drink. We're going to tell you a name of a drink, and you're going to tell us true or false if it is actually a cocktail or if it's not. Ooh, okay. you ready? Yes, let's go. Okay, I think I have the first one, right? Take Ooh, it away, Jason. Okay. okay, a B-52. A B-52. Yeah. I want to say that's a drink. I feel True. like I've had that. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> I've definitely seen that on a menu. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Congratulations. Oh, one point. I said congratulations. <laughs> congratulations. No, just one congratulation. Congratulations. <laughs> okay. Pink Lion. I'm sure it is. It's some like fruity bar, but I'm going to say no. Correct. Well, correct. Wow. Two Excellent. for two. Wow. See, but you, you're setting me up for failure because I'm either going to win this and look like an alcoholic or I'm going <laughs> to lose. <laughs> but we'll see right. what happens. We'll see. Um, what about a sloppy Sammy? For Sammy. <laughs> sloppy Sammy. Is this a drink, Jason, that you made named after our beloved Sam Man? <laughs> I did. <laughs> for real? We were, trying, we were trying to think of the game, and I was like, well, why don't we do this? And, like, we had, like, a real title, and then, like, something fake, like a Sloppy Sammy. <laughs> oh, my God. So good. Let's make it a real drink. Let's it's do gonna it. Be, it's going to be 10 parts vodka. That's it. <laughs> One part rosé. So is it a maven? Ooh. Yeah, it's a maven with rosé. It's rose. a maven part two. Oh. A good, a good version of a Maven. Good version. <laughs> All right, Mike. A Blue Lagoon. Uh, I think that is a drink. That's correct. It is a drink. Do we know what's in it? Yes. I... Ding, ding, ding. Oh, is yes. it like blue carousel or something? I oh. think it's blue. I can read it to you. Blue Lagoon has light rum, blue carousel, pineapple juice, lime juice, orange yeah. boot. What the hell is orange boot? You put an orange, orange boot garnish. Boot. Yeah. I love. Oh, a boot. Oh, I don't know. I- I've never heard of that. No idea. But I love it, and I think I'll use it now going forward. I would like an orange boot with my drink, and just see <laughs> yeah, what yeah. happens. Twist of orange. Look at you. Twist of orange. Twist. I'm dead. Shaking that stirred with an orange boot <laughs> on the side. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. What about uh, the David Bowie? Like, surely that's a drink at a gay bar, but I'm gonna say no. It's Correct. actually it's tr- no. It's actually true. Oh no! <laughs> I hate when I fuck it up. No, I fucked it up, but it is true. Oh, That's I a- ruined my streak. Okay, Michael. The anal. I'm calling you Michael a lot tonight, Mr. Mike. The anal oh, fisher. No. <laughs> oh well, there's certainly a drink at the cock in New York. Um, <laughs> um, I'm gonna say that's really tough because I'm positive I've been to a gay bar where that is a drink, but I'm gonna say no, that's made up. Correct. Correct. Okay. <laughs> um, what about a woo woo? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's a drink. 
Yeah, it yes, is. correct. Ding, ding. Black forest cake. I'm going to say no. That sounds like a Magnolia Bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, you have gotten that one incorrect. So the Whitney Houston. Again, I'm going to say that's a drink at it like therapy or something. But um, no. Yes, you're right. False. Correct. Good False. job. Oh. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, Michael, the Harvey Wallbanger. Uh, Yes, because it's such a good name. Yes, good job. Good work, Mikey. Mike, you're a winner. (laughs) Wow, Mike, this was so fun. Thanks for having me, guys. Do you have any closing remarks you want to tell the listeners? Closing remarks. (laughs) Um, Find your tribe, and it's, you know, just really about doing the thing like go make shit life is so short go make things yay can you tell everybody where to find you on social media sure yeah i'm on all the social things at at mike heslin you should also go check out the influencers on amazon prime video if you haven't already yes you must that's a that's a requirement if you listen to this podcast today you must then go watch the whole season it's so well done it's so good thank you thanks Binge that shit on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Binge it. Okay, so uh, at Mike Heslin at all social media platforms. At all social media platforms. On <laughs> all social media platforms. Are you on TikTok? That's Actually, our big question. Yeah, so my partner and I are on TikTok. It was his idea. Don't judge me. But it's uh, not. Mike and Scotty. Um, we started it last year during the pandemic. And I went from being such a hater, being like, what is this shit like all the kids are on? To being like, oh, this is fun. It's like very fun. But then we took like a year off and recently mm. we're trying to get back on. But yes, yeah, so we're going to follow you or y'all better follow Mike, of course. I'm going to follow Mike after this. And uh, yeah, give us some reviews. Give us some positive reviews on uh all your apps you know apple podcast spotify we need the love here at survival jobs plus we can give you more and more and more more yes. and more and more everyone yeah. go leave them a five-star review yep i know i will be make sure you tune in next week we'll be interviewing alana coffin singer actress extraordinaire who jason and i went to college with so that's gonna be fun but Mike, right, it was so Mike. great talking to you. I, yeah, I admire you. Um, so yeah, keep up the amazing. I work. admire you too, Mikey. I I admire both <laughs> of you guys. Fun. So let's you. all go get an orange boot. <laughs> let's whatever get the an hell that is. <laughs> and have fun. Thanks, Mikey. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.